from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I mean, it was inevitable. Eventually, the Beatles are going to break up, right? Like, it's not Fitz and Harry. It's just Fitz. Harry Douglas is going to be here in just a second. He's finishing up God's work. He's done get up this morning. He's done first take this morning. He's going to run over. He's going to sprint over. He's been on every single show over the course of the entire morning. He will make it here in just a second. Proud of our teammate out there grinding, kicking butt all over the place. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And look, we were just talking about Get Up. We were just talking about First Take. We were talking about Harry. Well, part of that comes because of the conversations we saw this morning from Harry Douglas about one particular team, the New York Football Jets. Now, I'm going to be clear for a second. I think absolutely it is incredible for Jets fans to be excited. I think there are certain times in life you don't even temper that excitement. I think there are times in life you don't need to worry about what anybody with the microphone says. You can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And that's where Jets fans should be right now because, frankly, if everything's able to come to fruition the way they think and they end up acquiring Aaron Rodgers, there's reason to celebrate. But that's not the only acquisition that could be coming. A great article out on ESPN.com from our insiders at the owners meeting points out some of the rumblings that were happening in Arizona, not the least of which with Jeremy Fowler saying that the rumblings look like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to end up with the Jets. Now, he wants to wait until the Aaron Rodgers deal is uh, done, and he wants to make sure that he protects himself in that process. But in league circles, the presumption is that OBJ is headed to the Jets, and that raises a question about what we should expect expect from the Jets because if they have Aaron Rodgers and if they have Odell Beckham Jr., well, what does that mean for their football team? For a football team that last year was so close to putting themselves into that elite category, they were just minus a quarterback. Well, now they've added several different players and they presume to be adding more. And that led to a spicy interaction this morning on Get Up between Harry Douglas and Lewis Riddick about specifically the Jets and whether or not they would be the favorite in the AFC East if they acquire both Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers. This is what it sounded like. Well, and I I will say this. If the Jets are able to get Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who's an eight-year veteran, he has that Super Bowl experience, they are now my favorite in the AFC East to win it. Keep talking. I don't care what no, you're saying. Please. Just keep talking. Get out of here. But, but see, now I, oh, I'm not gonna please. say I'm not gonna say Super Bowl because there's still this guy out there named Patrick not, Mahomes. No, they're not. And I won't not. disrespect Patrick Mahomes. Like, wait, 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 Lewis, what? No, they're not the favorites in the East. Harry, I love you, bro. I love you, but you're wrong. Dead ass Ooh. wrong. They are not the favorites in the Enlighten East. Enlighten me, Lewis. Enlighten me, Lewis. It got spicy, and now Harry can bring all of that heat, 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 heat right here to Fitz and Harry. Uh, all right, Harry. Uh, Lewis says you were wrong. Defend yourself, good sir. Are, do you still? You've had a couple hours to think about it. You can walk it back on this show. I won't. Well, actually, make, no. Okay? I have not had a couple hours. I just ran over here to this desk from first take. So I'm trying to catch my breath a little bit. Now I know how these guys feel in the XFL when people try to rush over and interview them after a big play. Now I think I have settled down a little bit now. I'm still defending my take, Fitz. If Odell Beckham Jr. goes to the Jets, yes, they will become 
the team to beat in the NFC East. We're talking about a team that had a top five defense, and now you would have added Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Miko Hartman, Odell Beckham Jr. to go along with Garrett Wilson, Conklin, and C.J. Uzama. You can go 0-1 personnel, ladies and gentlemen, that's four wide receivers and one tight end. You can go 10 personnel, one running back, four receivers, and tell me who's going to stop it. With a future Hall of Famer, four-time EVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I don't see it happening. All I have to say to that is two words. The Bills. Like, I I, I said this to you the other day. Oh, I got to stop you really quick. Oh, I got to stop you really quick because I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You talking about the same Bills that lost to Zach Wilson last year? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. same damn bills. They lost to Zach Wilson last uh, you're year. You're talking about the same bills. Zach that Wilson. 13 and 3. I'll count it here 13 and 3. Everybody has one dog, you know what game. 13 okay, okay, and 3. Okay. They had one bad game and they went 13 and 3. Like, in order for the Dolphins to get better than the Bills, they have to take a massive leap in production and the Bills have to take a step back. What's my indicator that the Bills are going to be anything less than they were last year? Last year, the Buffalo Bills were a 13 and 3 team when everything went wrong. While Josh Allen was learning a new system while Josh Allen was having problems with turnovers while Josh Allen wasn't playing his best without Von Miller who they paid so much money he for he wasn't on the learning field. a new system like Ken Dorsey was putting they in a new system they kept the same system Ken Dorsey was just the offensive coordinator we can't we can't say that out of both sides of our mouth because <laughs> week one last year when the Bills went out and won the football game that everybody was coming in saying well look at what Ken Dorsey did he shortened up some of these routes he got the ball out of his hands faster this is a different Bills offense even if it was just a tweak it's still a tweak week. Josh Allen didn't play his best last year. The Bills looked vulnerable last year, and they still went 13-3. and In order for the Jets to be better than the Bills, the Jets are not only going to have to win 12 or 13 games, the Bills are going to have to take a step back. I can't find an indicator they're going to do that. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Have Josh Allen played at an MVP caliber level? Yep. Has he, excuse me, has he won an MVP of the league? No, he hasn't won an MVP. Okay, at this point right now that Josh Allen is, Aaron Rodgers at that point in his career had a Super Bowl victory under his belt. I don't care about that. That was 10 years. I don't care about that. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying at that point in his career, last year for the New York Jets, if they had competent quarterback play, they're in the damn playoffs. Competent quarterback play. So let me ask you this. Aaron Rodgers brings more than competent quarterback play for the New York Jets. Then let me ask you this. Based on what we saw last year, which quarterback would you rather have today for one season? Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers this year? Based Aaron on- Rodgers had a broken thumb last year, bro. I don't care. What are you talking about? I don't care. Like Aaron you- Rodgers had a broken thumb so last t- year. So today, if you were the GM of a the team. The one year he wasn't as consistent as he's been his entire career, in which his season in that one year is better than a lot of people's Best season. 100%. Josh, Josh Allen had an elbow I'll tell, issue I'll tell you last this. Year. Give me Aaron Rodgers from 2020, 2021. I'm taking him over Josh Allen. Well, yeah, but if I can go back and just cherry pick years, that's a great conversation. Yeah, but you can't do that with Josh Allen because he was terrible early on. Yeah, but Josh, Until he got Stephon Diggs. He was, until he got people around him. Or he was terrible early on while he developed his skills as a passer, while he developed his skills as a quarterback. I mean, you can make the argument that obviously he was slow in the beginning of his career, but at since then, there's been never was a question about him getting paid because everybody knows he's worth it. There's never been a question when you have the conversation of the elite quarterbacks in the AFC, never been a question. If you ranked the quarterbacks, presuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in so the AFC So we question Aaron Rodgers if, 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 as if he's a 
If he's elite or not? Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying that right now, today, Josh Allen's a better quarterback for one year than Aaron Rodgers will be. For one year, okay. Yeah, if I had to rank the quarterbacks in the AFC next okay. year, I, and I was I'll give you that them. one year. But what about the other million that Aaron Rodgers has played? Yeah, but I don't care about those. Okay, but we can't just erase those. That's what I'm telling you. Just yeah, like we you can. can't. No, you can't. How, we just did that no, with can't. Bill Belichick. We He's just, been one of the most consistent quarterbacks th- throughout his career. But we have to judge where you are today. And where he is today is not better than Josh Allen. So while he's an improvement over Zach Wilson, over anybody's an improvement over Zach Wilson. If he's coming in and all he is is an improvement over Zach Wilson, that results in a couple more wins. What is the number like? So what you're telling me is Aaron Rodgers has fell off a cliff. No, I'm telling in this you. One, in that one year, Aaron Rodgers fell off a cliff. No, and no. don't know how to play the quarterback position anymore? No, I'm telling you that Aaron Rodgers isn't as good as Josh Allen. It's not any more complicated than that. If I was ranking the let quarterbacks the year, let, in the AFC. Let the year play out there. Let the year play of out. Of course we'll, we'll let last time I t- Josh Allen don't have a damn MVP on his belt, nor does he have a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, but I, again, I don't care about any of that. I'm talking about yeah, right at, now. At, at this time in Aaron Rodgers' career, when he started starting, being a starting quarterback, he was a a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, but what who Aaron Rodgers was 10 years ago is irrelevant to the conversation of we'll, who Aaron we'll Rodgers see. is We'll today. see. We'll see because I'm not just going to sit up here. Aaron Rodgers had one bad year. He don't know. He forgot how to play the quarterback position. I'm not position. saying he forgot I'm how to. Well, I never said he forgot how to play the quarterback position. I said he's not as good as Josh Allen. And if you're going to take the the Jets as the favorite, that means that the Bills have to have a drop off because there's no way mathematically that these two teams can both win 13 games. Let's so see. how are you getting there with him the favorite unless you think Buffalo's about to only win 11 games or 10 games, and that would be a huge drop-off from the Bills. Why are the Bills going to drop off? We'll see. We'll see. Because everyone else in the division got better. What do you mean? Well, I mean, realistically, if you look at what you just said, they already lost last year to Zach Wilson. That was one of their three losses. So even if they still take a loss to the Jets in this process, how does that get them down to 10 wins? Even if the Dolphins are better next year, and I don't know, I think the Dolphins were good last year. Other no, than Dolphins, Dolphins are going to be better. Dolphins are going to be better this season. So the Dolphins are going to be better, which will hurt the Bills, but it won't hurt the Jets? I didn't say that. I'm just picking the Jets. I don't give a damn about no mathematics. I'm picking the Jets to win the damn division. But in order- That's what I said, and I'm saying it with my chest. If they get Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback on the team, I'm taking the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. They're Who? Not- Jets. Yeah, but you they're not in a vacuum. No matter what the Jets do, <laughs> the Bills would have to get worse. I don't think that happens. You guys can chime in on this. We're bringing first take straight to the show. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Where are the Jets in the AFC East? We want you guys to chime in. Triple Eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We'll keep it running with your thoughts next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. The twenty twenty three NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. God, I can't wait for Harry Douglas to come over to my house during Halloween time when he finds out that I have animatronic things crawling all over the walls 
and a whole basement full of clowns just to make everybody no, uncomfortable. Don't do it to me, please. It's real. It's Fitz and Harry on the ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Devin, I'm going to totally throw you here. Like, can you get, can you give me some love making music? Like, here's the thing. It's love Fridays around here, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows that, that Harry and I fought in the first segment so we could make up in the second one. Ah, yeah. That's the right pace. That's the right tone. That's how we feel. I'm just making sure everybody knows that there's nothing but love here, even when Harry's wrong. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We were just having a heated debate about where the AFC stacks, the East particularly, if Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. become Jets. Harry means, thinks that means the Jets are the favorite in the division. I think we're discrediting Buffalo in this conversation. It, it led to a heated and good debate. We want you guys to chime in now. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Doug and Dayton. Doug, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Well, I thought we had Doug, but, you know, Doug, yeah, Doug I'll be your Doug. Hangover reference. There's a lot of those in this show. You got so to keep up with them. Alex in Florida. Alex, what you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say, you know, not only did the Jets, you know, beat the Bills once last year, they almost beat them twice with a half-dead Mike White and Joe Flacco. So, like, you know, it's, not only was it one win, there's almost two. Okay, follow-up question for you. The Colts beat the Chiefs last year, so should I just bet on Indy going to the Super Bowl this year? Fitz, stop. I'm just stop. Joking. Like, it happens stop. sometimes. I mean, it just happens. It stop happens. Stop it. Oh, so oh, so that was that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> Alex, does Alex still with us or do we lose? If we still have Alex, Alex, Hello? you're taking the Jets as the favorite Hello? then in the division? You all in? I mean, I don't want to say all in, but I say there's a good chance. Well, let me ask you this. If they get Odell Beckham Jr. and also Aaron Rodgers, you don't have them as the favorite in the East, AFC East? I would say it, it, it would. I would say definitely between them and Bills, and I would say like neck and neck, honestly. I would say defense-wise would be the big difference, and I think the Jets do have the better defense, so I think that would be what takes them you know, for, over the top, if anything. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's, you know, uh, that's why we love the callers calling in. Miguel in Brooklyn. Uh, Miguel chiming in on this conversation. Miguel, what you got for us? I think the Jets will be the third best team. You'll be getting a 39-year-old quarterback who's not committed, and then you'll be getting a receiver coming off two major injuries who didn't even play last year. <laughs> so who's the second best team then, the Dolphins? Yeah, I got the Dolphins as second. Okay. Right, I mean, Miguel, Miguel, not feeling good about this move. I, I'm, no, I'm a little surprised by that. Look, I, I don't know what to do with the Dolphins. And, you know, my, my buddy that works at ESPN was in the halls yesterday, lifelong diehard Dolphins fan. He had a little half smile and he just looked over and said, we're going to be good next year. And part of me thinks they really could be. But also, I think we can all acknowledge without having to go down the same path of a million times with Tua. It's just that there is a little bit of a health concern there. So I, that's, you know? that's my thing with the Dolphins, because did they get better? Yes, they did. They were able to sign their running backs back. They were able to sign David Long um, Jr. at the linebacker position, bring over Jalen Ramsey. You got uh, uh, Vic Vangio as a defensive coordinator. But the thing mm, that that, that, the, that the little cloudy part for me is the health of Tua Tonga-Valoa. Because we know if he falls wrong and hits his head, it's not only he, if he's going to be out a week or two or three, he might be done for the season. Yeah, I, that it's just hard to quantify where that falls. Rick in Chicago. Rick, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Yeah, on this particular subject, I would say that uh, the Bills are the favorites in the East. I would say that uh, 
Miami, number two, and the Jets, you know, they're fighting between three or four. Let me say this. That, you know, normally when you're dealing with a trade, negotiations or whatever, you know, you have, you have that. I got to kill him. I, I, like, I, I really appreciate you calling. We never cut anybody off early, but your walkie-talkie was just squealing well, straight. Well, like, it it sounded like, you know, how somebody has nails on a chalkboard? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was sounding like. But we were trying. Like, Harry and I were looking at each other. We're like, yeah. ah, can't we do it? My if you're watching us in the app, it looked like maybe I was trying to squeeze out a, like, really silent toot or something. Like, it was just, it was, it, it was, yeah, that was happening. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance Drivers Who Switch and Save uh, with Progressive. Save nearly 700 bucks on average. Mike in Florida. Mike, what you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Harry, I love the energy about the Jets. I never hear it, so it's great to hear. But as a Jets fan, I've been trained to be pessimistic. So second or third place in the division because I want Rodgers to work. OBJ comes in. That's great. But I just am trained to not believe in the Jets. And honestly, I'm more afraid of the Dolphins than the Bills. Ooh. Oh. oh, well, everybody's down on the – like, I know the Bills haven't won Super Bowls, but – here, here's what, uh, Harry, let me let me speak one second here, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I got you. What's the point if we're super fans? And, and I, like, I'm a super fan. I'm in this seat because of my love of the Raiders. I say this every year. What the hell's the point of going through the whole season if you let yourself get so beat down that you never have hope? Like, where's the joy? Well, so I would tell Jets that's, fans, that's like, you should me. have joy. Yes, that, joy. that's what disturbed me right there with the last caller because I'm like, I, you got to be up on your team regardless of what has transpired in years prior. Like, no matter what, always feel good until they let you down again. I mean, now, I do believe the Jets are going to be able to make some noise this season with Aaron Rodgers there, and especially if they get Odell Beckham Jr., but I am not. I would never go into any situation saying, you know what, I'm going to be pessimistic. Hell no, I'm going to be optimistic every chance I have. Yeah, see, for me, with the Raiders even, I, I've been very honest. I don't think they're going to be good this year, but I couch that as it's part of a two-year rebuild that's going to get us to the glory <laughs> last. See, like, there's always a couch on it for me. You know how I feel about my Falcons. Uh, my, oh, my God. You're, uh, you, I'm around here talking crazy every day. Over the moon. Falcons. Over the moon. Uh, uh, and I don't blame you. Nick in Michigan, what you got? Nice calling the show. Fitz, H- HD, how you boys doing today? Happy We're great. Friday. Thanks. You too. Hey, I just got to say one thing. Um, I do think the Bills are going to win the East. But I think this question is irrelevant because I think we're going to see the Bills Chiefs again in the AFC Championship. Bills Chiefs AFC mm. Championship Part 87? I mean, I, mm. I, I don't know. Like... I, I mean, maybe, but if Aaron Rodgers get like, I will say this, Harry. If Aaron Rodgers gets in the dance, he's got a chance, right? Like, I'm yeah, not going to say right that about yeah. that. I mean, and I, I, I love the Jets' chances with him going up against, you know, Patrick Mahomes and also Joe Burrow. Can I talk out of both sides of my mouth for a second yeah. and just admit that if I had one season, I would take Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers today, right now, in this moment, just based solely on how they played last year. But and, and rightfully had, so, because it, Josh Allen had the better year. But if I had one game. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Josh. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I just like, if it's one game, I'm like, I go ahead and go with Aaron Rodgers oh, for that man. one. Let's get one more in. Clayton in Montana. Clayton, what you got, man? Hey, I just wanted to say I don't think that the Bills are going to be 13 and three again this year, just because everybody else in the division is going to be that much better, even with Miami and the Jets getting better too. Uh, thanks for the call. I, I, look, I, I don't think. It's wrong to say, hey, the division's going to be better. It's just 
from 13 and 3 down to 10 and they should have I mean they only played 16 games because of the Cincinnati game. To go from 13 and 3 to 10 and 7 for example would be a a massive massive slide. We'll keep taking your See, thoughts. See, I got him with 10 wins. You got him with 10 wins. And Vegas right now by the way has the over under uh total at 10 and a half for the Bills, 9 and a half for the Jets. So they have it very close. I will tell you Harry, they have it very close and obviously that that's skewed a little bit towards what they think is going to happen but not towards actually having Aaron Rodgers yet. Uh, baseball is back. Tune in tomorrow. The reigning champion Astros host the White Sox. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let's see how they bounce back this weekend after taking the opening day loss and, blo- and blowing a 10-year win streak of opening day wins. So uh, uh, the Astros, 0-1. Uh, now on, on pace to be 0-162. Coming up, one coach was told to get his head out of his ass and he's in the final four. An unbelievable story you've got to hear. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This one's good if it goes. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, dear. Hell. Are you kidding me? We've got the very latest from the madness. This team is hot. They are real. Grab your bracket and hold on tight. For the win. It starts every morning at 6 Eastern with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. This is what March Madness is all about. And it continues all day. Right here on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. chance for a three-point play. What a performance by the boys. Obviously surprised by the margin of victory, but not surprised about where we're going next because this is, you know, who we've been for a large part of the season. For the sixth time in school history, the first since 2014, the Connecticut Huskies are going to the Final Four. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. In a year of college basketball that has given us so many unprecedented moments and frankly a Final Four that gives us so much unfamiliarity, there is a brand in the Final Four that most of us know and it's Connecticut basketball. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Shameless plug tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. on all our digital platforms. I'll be hosting a digital Final Four preview show to get you ready for all the action. We're going to get you ready for all the action right now. Jim Calhoun, three-time national champion head coach, knows Connecticut better than anyone, joins us right now. Coach, really appreciate your time. Got to ask you first and foremost. Coach Hurley said on Pardon My Take that when he first took the job, he was overwhelmed by the mountain he had to climb, and you gave him some words of encouragement. He walked down the hall, and you told him he was crybaby and told him to get his head out of his ass. This is UConn. What do you remember about that moment and Coach Hurley specifically early on? That doesn't sound like me. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I'm, I'm such a gentle, nice guy, and I'm always shocked that Danny yells at the officials because they seem like they're doing a good job. More importantly, Danny came there and was paid a lot of money, which is great. I'm on his side. And he started bitching about things he didn't have. I said, Danny, it's UConn. We've won four national titles. You got a chance to win fifth, sixth, whatever it may be. You're in the big. You're going to be in the Big East in year two, and being a little close to getting there then. And I said, uh, you know, grow up, go do your job. You were hired here to coach. Go coach. I said, and I'll be with. You. I'll be by your side anytime you need me. And that's. And I think he was a little shocked that I'd be so upfront with him. But you know, if you think if you want someone to do something, you probably should tell them what they need to do. And what he needed to do was coach the team, recruit players. That's exactly what he did. Coach, I got to ask you this. Uh, you, you were able to address the team recently um, ahead of the Final Four this week. What was your message to those guys? Well, I actually started in, in, in Albany when they went up there to play two games. And I just said simply, fellas, you know, this is uncharted water for some of you young guys. And so most importantly, you know, go give it the 80 best minutes you can possibly give it. Take away distractions because the next place you go is going to be even better. Well, before Las Vegas, I did the same thing and talked about the 80 minutes and about what they could do for themselves. And then two days ago, when I met with the team, and I, I kind of practiced enough times to see them. I know them pretty well. I just said, fellas, you know, when people walk around UConn and they say names that you guys are going to hear and don't have to give last names, Ray, Rip, Mecca, Ben, Kemba. I said, what? If you take care of the next double head you have, okay, guess what? He's only saying about you. He played on. They did that. And I said, immortality is a funny thing. You can't reach it in many places, but win a national championship, you got a great opportunity. I think you're the best. Go get that immortality. Let's win that double header. It, it, it's interesting, interesting to me, though, Coach, because programs all over the country are trying to figure out how to sustain. And Connecticut has continually, over multiple generations, provided national champions to the fan base. What is it about Connecticut basketball that makes this happen? Well, it's pretty cosmopolitan state, squeezed between Boston and New York, and they love their basketball. They love basketball long before Jim Calhoun came there, and they win all these Yankee conferences, and the fans show up, and you know, sold out crowds all the time, 15,000 downtown and 10,000 on campus. and So you have a great base. Get a great school, and uh, now we have great facilities. And since we're starting to really get it going, um, we, we, you know, we, we developed a culture in the school. I tell you what helps, and this is a kind of funny thing: expectations. You know, if guy comes say I can win twenty games, yeah, that's good. We did that before. <laughs> I can win Big East championships, and yeah, I've got seventeen of them. Uh, and so I think the expectations, in a good way, are really right there for you. And you know. One of the things that people ask me, what, a, what does Danny sell? Well, he sells good facilities. He's a terrific coach. He's selling that. And he sells, as I said before, you know, 28 guys in the first round. Only four more McDonald's, five McDonald's, excuse me, all Americans, yet we get there. And I just think he continued to sell some of the culture. You know, two years after our you know, second season after I get out, Kevin always did a great job and won the uh, national championship. UConn is, uh, is, is the basketball school. It wants to be a basketball school. You know, will it be winning? Men, we're doing pretty good. And our culture, I think, is set. And, but I, when I say expectations, understand that you feel it in a good way. Now, it's not everyday pressure, but it's there. 
and uh, it's a it, it, pretty special place. But, Coach, I got to ask you about the state of Texas. What is it about the state of Texas? Because, you know, they say everything is bigger in Texas, but y'all do things really, really big when you start to playing, you know, Final Fours and championships in the state of Texas. Well, the big thing there is, is, is simply we recruited well in Texas. Daniel Ogilvie was pretty good, you know, rookie of the year, national player of the year, and average double-double in a 12-year career in the league, and Machines the beaters from there, so you know we like we like you actually going to Texas to get our big folks from, <laughs> and more importantly, you know we we just want to be as good as we possibly can, and if, if you you know what you can't go high without high expectations. Now once again we don't name it per se, it just be our best we can be every time we be, and by be I mean out there on the floor competing. We're talking to Jim Calhoun, three-time national champion head coach, and I mention that because you won three natties in four trips to the Final Four. In your experience, what does it take to get over that hump in the Final Four for these teams? Well, I think the biggest thing is having good players. But after all is said and done, you know, I'm not making names up because you guys know exactly who they are. Rip Hamilton, Jake Fosco, Khalid Alamine. All right, next group. Six first-round draft choices and starting out with Penn, starting then uh, Gordon and Mecca and Charlie Bill the way, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, Kimber and the Miracles with Shabazz and Jeremy Lynn. We had good players, and they came to a place that, honestly, the goal was always to be the best we can be. And thank God we, we, we turned out to be that. And four of our last five trips to the uh, tournament, we won national championships. Coach, we appreciate your expertise. We appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great time. Enjoy this weekend, and congrats on all the success, obviously, that you've had throughout your career. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's Jim Calhoun, three-time national champion head coach, and it's funny because like so many of the coaches, the the, the greats, Harry, he talks about you got to have the players. He talks about the recruiting process. He talks about the facilities. He talks about the fan base, and I will say this. I didn't know when I moved to Connecticut, you know, for ESPN, you you see UConn basketball, you have a kind of an idea of UConn basketball. I don't think I understood until I lived up here how much it truly does permeate everywhere around this area. Like the UConn hoodies are everywhere. The Dan Orlovsky that people see is the, the same thing that you see in West Hartford when you're out and about. Like UConn basketball matters to this area in the same way that football matters and others. UConn basketball is everything up here. All right, we're going to keep breaking it down, obviously. But the greatest first pitch ever and a proposal gone wrong or perfectly right. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. That's right. It's Love Fridays. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. If you turn on ESPN today, you're going to see HD all day. Not just in the app if you're watching us where you can watch us, but also because he was on Get Up, First Take, everywhere. Superstar. All right. You know what we like to do on Love Fridays? We also like to, you know, get up to get down. It's time to rank some things. 
From the top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. This is 3 Up, 3 Down with Fitz and Harry. All right, so here's the drill. Harry gets the ups today. I get the downs. Going to give you three things from Major League Baseball's opening day that we're either up or down on. And Harry, you get to go first. You get all the ups. I get all the downs. What do you got? Let's play the big sound of God to give us the first number. Number one. Ooh, number one. I got to be careful because I'm a married man and it's from Megan the Stallion. And Stallion is the right word because she threw out the first pitch of the Astros home opener last night. And Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Megan Thee Stallion did her thing, Fitz. So that's why she's number one on my list on this Love Friday. I, I mean, eh, eh, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, it was, well, it was you fine. don't like chocolate anyway. I mean, that is, uh, I mean, I, well, <laughs> and on that note, I think I will take us from, I mean, you're not wrong, but now I'll take us from uh, up to the down. And uh, I, I'm going to give you one that I'm down on. I'm a little flummoxed. Uh, I'm going to give you my first down. It's to Major League Baseball for one thing. Now, I was more invested. I can honestly say this. I'll say this with my chest. I was more invested yesterday mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball's opening day than I have ever been in my life, ever. All right? I was all in on Major League Baseball opening day. So I go in last night to host Sports Center on Snapchat that I host every Thursday night. You can check it out on Fridays in the Snapchat app, right? So I'm, I'm going in, and I'm like, what are we doing on the baseball front? What are we doing? And then I ask one of the producers. I'm like, well, what are we doing for Shohei? And the answer was nothing. They don't even throw first pitch till 10 p.m. So I cut what we like to call in the in the business safety lines. And these air quotes. Well, I'm just like, Shohei had a heck of a night. Shohei didn't impress. Like, because we had no idea. The, the, the game itself was so late that they took their most dynamic star in the entire sport and buried it on opening night on a weeknight on the West Coast against a trash baseball team in the Oakland days. I don't know why why baseball would ever do this. Put your biggest stars in the biggest opportunity to have the most eyeballs. My God, for everything else that went right yesterday, I am down on making Shohei pitch that late, even though he was delightful on the mound. Well, also what could, you can add to that down is that he had 10 strikeouts and pitched phenomenal. But the bullpen let him down once again, just like in 2022. Well, don't, 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 don't give away my. Uh, I might have another down. Oh, coming. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, on to the number next. two. On okay. to the next. On to the next. The Boston Celtics not only thrashing the Milwaukee Bucks, but drop kicking the Milwaukee Bucks. And I understand the Milwaukee Bucks was going playing on a back to back, but I don't want to. I don't care. Don't use that as an excuse. But Jason Tatum, 40 points. Jalen Brown, 30 points. Combine 70 points of the 140 that they scored? Oh, my goodness. Now, they're still fighting for that number one seed, which I think is very valuable and very, very important in the East. But I got to get a Celtic some love. That's why they're my number two fit. Yeah, and you know what? The Bucks would have made my down for their performance. But my second down instead goes directly back to the Angels. I'm really, like, uh, because I'm invested in this now, now I'm mad. I'm irrationally mad at the thing that's been making baseball fans angry for years. How the hell do you have Shohei Otani strike out 10, strike out 10 batters and you still lose 2-1 to one to the A's, who I just mentioned are a trash team? Like, how do you lose your opening night against an awful baseball team that basically is spending less money on their entire payroll, their, their concessions, their stadium, their parking lot, than the Angels are just going to spend on 
Shohei if they could ever keep him. And you go out there and you lose two to one. That's a disgrace. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The Angels are going to be just exactly keep who they him. Were. They're I, not going to be able to I know, keep him. I know. I know. I know. Oh and, no. You know what? And when they make him an offer, when they write a number down on the sheet on the little post-it note and they slide it across the desk in that negotiation, they slide it. He should just scratch that number out and write A's on it and slide it back. I ain't staying with no team that loses to the A's on opening night. I'm mad. <laughs> Go ahead. Number three. Number three. Well, let's stay in Major League Baseball. Well, we had the Los Angeles Dodgers taking on the Diamondbacks. Mm. And a fan decided that he want, wanted to jump on the football, I mean, excuse me, the baseball diamond, and propose to the love of his life. Now, this is a wonderful idea until you get form tackled by security, and there's no clue where the ring might be. When I mean this tackle was perfect, if the security guard would have tackled me like that, as I had the ring for my future wife in my hand, we would have had to scrabble all up and down to the jail cell because there's no way that ring was found after that. Come on, my man. You know what? I'm going to go three down on all y'all that don't love love. Because here's the thing. I saw that proposal. I love it. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get my ass kicked. And But I'm going to give the proposal of a lifetime. Like, I'm going to be in the not top tens oh, forever. I'm going to be able wait, to show that to my grandkids. This is how I popped the question. Wait. My up was a security guard in his oh, form tackle. Oh, okay. In the way he tackled the man. Okay. Well, then my down's only to Evan, who apparently doesn't like on-field <laughs> proposals. Because Evan, uh, Evan, this morning, I got the impression that you weren't a fan of this. Like, I want, I want fans running out. Like within, you know, no. safety first. But no. anytime you can do this in the middle of a game, like, oh yeah, you're gonna be able to show your great grandkids. No. I'm not a fan of any proposal. That's Me either. I, I think, think it's, it's lame. Just the 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 weirdest and most ridiculous way to propose to somebody. Hey, you know what? If that's what she, maybe she's a lifelong diehard Dodgers fan. Maybe that was her moment. Like maybe that's what she well, always wanted. Well, too bad her future husband couldn't dodge security. Yeah. Oh, I see what he did. Too bad ah. he spent all the money he saved for the wedding. Bailing himself out of jail. No, I mean, you only have to pay 10% of the amount, so I'm, I'm sure you could collateral that pretty easy. All right, now that I've given you a bail bondsman lesson you didn't need, Evan, <laughs> we're going to let you get in on this as our resident baseball nerd. You got an extra up for us? Yeah, so last night, I'm going to be short here, Shohei Otani used Pitchcom himself. So usually Pitchcom, which is a button, a, a device that catchers can hold to type in what pitch they want. It goes to a headset in the pitcher's ear so they know what the pitch is so they're not using signs. Shohei Otani this offseason memorized all the buttons, put it under his arm, and was calling the pitches himself, and the catcher had the headset in their helmet. That's how good Shohei Otani is. <laughs> okay, that's- Babe Ruth, my behind. Show- Shohei Otani is the best baseball player ever. Okay, that is... Pretty phenomenal. Question. Do we know in Pitchcom if it's like Waze where I could just pick yes. whatever voice I yeah, want? I think so. Can I get Peter Griffin to like yeah. be the one that's calling <laughs> it? That's, that's what I really, really need to know. We're going to let baseball nerd Evan go off on this show, whatever he wants. So when he's got these baseball nerd moments, he's going to go into it. We'll see how hype Harry and I get for it along the way. In the meantime, we are heated about one conversation, legacy and somebody that doesn't care about it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 